Hello, this is Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian, host of the Badass Women's Council podcast, where we are all about reflection and connection for the high achieving woman. Today, I have Allie Cudby, CEO of Your Iconic Brand, and she has just really fun stories. A couple of the themes that we're going to cover today. One is that when we stand tall in our stories, which when I say that, what I mean is to understand your unique gifts and talents and know how to use them well. Then we can take opportunities as they come and use them to our advantage and the advantage of others. And I think sometimes we go back to the days of being a, a young girl and we think, oh, what am I going to be when I grow up? And we have this unrealistic expectation that there's this straight line to whatever it is we're supposed to be. And then we realize nothing can be further from the truth. And when we're faced with those choices and challenges and ideas of what should and shouldn't we do, it can be really stressful. And instead, I like to say that when we stand tall in our stories, then we're ready for whatever opportunities come along. And then our lives become just this breadcrumb trail of capitalizing on unique opportunities as they come and ultimately using all of our gifts and talents in the way God wired us to be. And Allie has a couple of really great examples of how that has played out for her. And she has an amazing resume, Ivy League education. She's worked for the New York Times. She's worked in Hollywood. She's been an entrepreneur. She's worked for large organizations. Uh, Rich, rich experience. And what she's going to talk about is the second theme for today is connection and what it means to bring your story into a new city. She has relocated into the Indianapolis, Indiana area where I live and reside, which is how I met her, which is a breadcrumb she had no idea was coming and what it's meant for her to be able to connect in in this city. So here we go. Hey, Allie, how's it going? Great. I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad you're here too. So as you know, everything about the podcast here at the Badass Women's Council is reflection and connection. And you have a really unique story about connecting in a new city that I think is going to be really important and interesting for our listeners. So first, tell us a little bit about you, and then I'll give the context about the story we're going to talk about today from your relocation. But just tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure. Um, So I was born in Washington, D.C., born and raised there, and um, went to school in Philadelphia, moved out to L.A. and worked in the film industry after college, then went back to Philadelphia for grad school, worked in New York City um, for the New York Times for a while, then back to D.C., and then um, was there for a while, met my husband there, and then quite to my surprise and delight, 
um, we moved suddenly to Indianapolis a couple of years ago. So that's sort of the quick and dirty on, you know, where I've lived in my life. And, and for the last, um, number of years, I've owned a couple of different businesses, um, in a, in a wide variety of industries, which I guess we might talk about yeah. either now or another time. Well, that's a great setup because those things are going to come up. I, I, I hope that's my plan anyway. We'll see. So for those of you who don't know about Indianapolis, we are a great city in the middle of the Midwest. And so you've just described a really rich and rewarding set of cities and circumstances and careers, East Coast, West Coast, film industry, New York Times. That's all legit. And you've traveled and you've done great things. And now here you are in the middle of the country where... The folks in Indianapolis, and we I love Indianapolis, I'm one of them, we don't move around all that much sometimes. And we really value people who are born and raised with us. And while we don't dislike outsiders, it's a little bit of a dance to get in the mix and the flow of what's happening here in the Midwest. Is, is that a fair assessment of your experience? It is. And I think the the part about the Midwestern um, expectation that I've also found is, you know, Midwesterners are really friendly. People in Indianapolis are incredibly friendly. Um, and so, you know, that's also part of the reputation. And, and I have found that to be very true. I am. So if you think about the cities that I've lived in, Washington, New York, and L.A. in particular, because in Philadelphia, I was just in school. And so that's its own world. Those are probably three of the most transient cities in the country. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I had never lived anywhere that people were really from that place and that everybody or such a huge majority of the people had a sense of place with that place. Generations of place. Generations of place. <laughs> exactly. So it is a very, very different vibe here yeah. than any place I had ever experienced before. And again, not wrong, just different. Totally. Right? And I experienced the opposite of that when I ran away from home in my late teens and early 20s and lived in a couple of different places in Florida. It was the first time that I had experienced that I was living with people who weren't from there. And that from a trust perspective felt a little weird at first because I was like, well, where's the accountability that you're going to do the right thing if you could just bail and leave this city? Like your mom and your cousins aren't going to like stand up for, you know, it's it's just different, not wrong, just different. And, and the message I want us to bring today through your experiences are we still stand tall in our own stories no matter where we go and how different our environment is, while we have to adjust and accommodate and get to know the new environment, it doesn't mean that we completely change who we are to adapt to that. And, and I think that applies in your story from what I know in the different businesses and industries that you've been in. So you've been able to say, look, here's my gifts and talents. This is who Allie is. And here's how I'm going to apply them either in this startup that I've created or this job I'm working or this city that I live in. But you're still standing tall in your gifts and talents and your story in all of those situations. 
Yeah, but it's been a journey. I won't lie. Um, so in the world that I have lived in before moving here, the markers of success and the things that people traded on were a lot about, you know, your education and where you went to school mm. and the companies that you worked for. And some of those sort of stamps of approval that you got from the surroundings. Uh, and what I found when I moved here, sort of to your point, is that those things weren't as valued um, and because they weren't from here. Hmm. And so I had to Like a really out. high dollar education that you worked your ass off to achieve. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's just be straight about it. I mean, that's a thing. And, and it's, again, not wrong, just different. It's just a different set of values here that were before you're like that, just having that on your resume is like doors open. They're like, damn, she's legit, right? And now you've got to be like, and I'm friendly and I'm trustworthy and all of those things that go with it. Is that well, fair? Not just and I'm friendly and I'm trustworthy. It's kind of two things. One is it's not just that I'm friendly and I'm trustworthy. It's and I'm here. And I'm dedicated to being here. And that is taking time to have people um, believe because it's not where I have been. You know, I'm still new. And then, and then the other piece of it is that, you know, coming into the city from somewhere else with my own company and wanting to have a professional presence in the place that I live you know, everybody already knows their 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 people mm -hmm. and you know oh i've got this problem i'm going to go to you know cindy to figure that out cuz cindy does this thing that i know and and so to even be considered um in the consideration set where i'm somebody that people think of oh i'm trying to improve um, a customer turnover situation. Oh yeah. That's an alley could be thing. Mm -hmm. Like people don't even like, I'm not even in their brain. You got to get in their mix. Right. And, 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 <laughs> you know, I didn't know this when I moved here, I didn't know that this was going to, was going to be how it was, was because I have only ever lived in these other cities. Yeah. And so trading on, you know, Ivy league or whatever, that was, I thought that was my calling card. Oh, this is going to show everybody that I'm good. And in fact, it was the opposite in the beginning. And it was a turnoff to people. And, and I have had to find that right balance between standing tall in my gifts mm -hmm. and being in the, you know, being somebody who's on the team here. This is so good. One of the things I teach and coach is that in order to build trust and credibility, you need to not only stand tall in your story, but you need to learn the language of the other. And language can mean a lot of things. It's what they value. It's who their people are. It's, but, but that's what you picked, on, picked up on immediately was, oh, wait, they kind of speak a different language. It's just the metaphor that I use. And you needed to be intentional about understanding what that language was and how to connect in it. And how to keep the essence of me too. Mm -hmm. You know, I am, I worked my ass off at Wharton. And 
I, I came to that education setting from Hollywood, which was really, really different from the people who showed up having worked at investment banks and consulting firms. Um, and so my background, I had to work harder than a lot of people. I mean, I, the, the most math I had done when I showed up at Wharton was, you know, sending in my expense reports. And <laughs> no joke. <laughs> well, and let's just pause for a minute for anyone that may not recognize Wharton is the kind of education that most organizations look to to help train their leaders. I mean, it's not, it's no small game that you were in. So I totally get that. You had to rise up and be like, damn. It was a really tough <laughs> road. First year of business school was really, really hard. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, it took it. it and, and I was, I, I felt really great about being able to play in that world with those people. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. So the relocation was a part of being intentional about connection. So to me, that's the moral of the story of today's episode is one, you stand tall in who you are and you always call upon your own gifts and talents and you want to stay true to that. And you want to be intentional about how you connect because it may look different in different situations, but connection matters. So you've been in... You've done a startup. You've worked for other organizations. Tell us a little bit about that experience and how that relates to this topic of intentionally connecting. Um, so, you know, every every environment is a little bit different. I mean, when you work for a big corporation, you have to find your place in the corporation, um, and and that is in a lot of ways different than when you work as a consultant and you have to find your place in a client or in a new city and you have to find your place as a professional in that new city. Um, you know, when you're brought into a corporation, you have the, uh, you, you've already like gotten over the hurdle because you've been hired. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though you might need to prove yourself on some level, the expectation is they hired you because you had the chops. Mm -hmm. When and there's a paycheck coming on a semi-regular basis as you earn that, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And when you um, when you work as a consultant, I think there's a little bit more skepticism because you know, people don't love change, and consultants inherently bring change. Mm -hmm. And so, and and a lot of times in companies, there's already been a bunch of consultants that have come before you then some of their stuff doesn't work. So there's a little bit of like sitting back and saying, yeah. all right, honey, let's, let's see what you got. <laughs> it's so true. Because they had a bad consultant in 1997, now you have to overcome that baggage and that lack of trust coming in with your stuff. Yeah, I've been there, done that. Got a lot right. of t-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> I work differently than a lot of consultants anyway, just because so much of what I do is really pushing um, the pushing things into the operation up into the operations you know how do you make this come to life in an organization and a lot of consultants don't play there they um they they come in and they sort of are the you know the smarty pants and it's like oh i'm going to come in and tell you how you're doing everything 
sucky and I'm going to send you, I'm going to leave you with a deck and I'm going to present to the executives and um, I'm not really going to talk to you little people and then I'm out of here. Yeah. And I got a plane to catch. Yeah. Right. And then, and, right. I'm going to have my swanky meal with the CEO and then I'm going to get on the private <laughs> plane or whatever. We're not and those I, people. I do it from the opposite perspective, but I have to get past the belief about what consultants are and break down those barriers. So I'm actually fairly comfortable coming into situations where I have to break down preconceived notions. Um, I think the biggest difference in at least moving here is that I didn't know what the preconceived notions were going to be. <laughs> you had to get the secret decoder ring before yeah, you could exactly. actually use it. And I think that's not, I think, I know that's one of the things that you and I really bonded and connected a about quickly. I was like, oh, she's one of my people. I like her a lot. Tell us what this is, the business that you do now. And then I want to visit back on some other things that you've done in your past. But the work that you do now, you, you're an author, you're, 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 you're legit. Like brag about that for a minute. Um, see, now I'm automatically thinking to myself, ah, oh, but bragging about that is so not the <laughs> That's not way. it. Out. You're, so. Okay, this 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 pod goes out way past 465, which is the interstate loop that surrounds the Indianapolis area. And it's okay to talk about your story and the work that you do confidently here. So tell us yeah. about the work that you do confidently. So um the work that I do now is I help companies improve revenue by decreasing customer turnover. So how do you keep your customers around longer and make them more profitable by improving loyalty? And the way I got here is pretty unique. Um, a while ago, I started a company that was focused solely on the art and science of how a bra fits a woman's body. And so I started this bra fitting company um, kind of by accident. I, I was blogging about it. I, I had my own, well, the, the inspiration was I, I had always had trouble finding bras that fit me. And I found this, you know, miraculous transformational Tell that story because that's a cool story about how that happened. Please tell that story. Sure. Um, so like I said, I had always had trouble finding a bra that fit and it was just a part of my life. Um, and I started dating this guy and he, we got to a point of seriousness where he said, I don't think it's okay that you haven't met my parents and his family was in England. And so, uh, we so coming over for dinner is a little more complicated than it typically. Yeah. This isn't like a casual brunch situation. Gotcha. So we were both working. Neither of us had a lot of time off. And so we flew to England for the weekend, which meant <laughs> we basically had 30 hours there. So yeah, super casual. Which is also good if it doesn't go well, you know, you've got a quick plane to catch. That's true. <laughs> So, so we get off the plane and this guy's family lives near Cambridge, lived near Cambridge. And so we go to Cambridge, we're walking around. It's beautiful. Cambridge, England is an absolutely gorgeous city. And as we're walking down the street, I look across the way and I see this sign and it says, Bravissimo, 
for big boobed girls. And <laughs> I love marketing that just tells exactly what it is. As, right, as right. my favorite Donald Miller would say, when you confuse, you lose. So right. they're like straight up big boob girls enter here. To the point that I like stopped still on the sidewalk, walking down the street. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, I don't know if anything's going to happen with this guy, but I know I'm going to have these boobs for a while. <laughs> so <laughs> I leave. And, and it's not just his parents. It's like his sister and the brother-in-law and the four-year-old nephew. And I turn to these people that I have just met hours ago. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go in this store and shop now. So later. me and my big old boobs <laughs> go across the street. <laughs> so off I tootle and had this bra fitting that truly it, it, it it transformed my relationship with my body. I in the in, in the United States at that point, it was very difficult to find bras above a double D. They just didn't exist, right. and that's what I am, and that's what I was. And um, just to try on a bra that was designed for my body, it wasn't just that the bra fit. It was that for the first time in my life, I truly saw that I fit. Mm, that's belonging. That's beautiful. And it was, it was, and, and it was like that last piece of the puzzle dropping into place and making, I, I had never realized the extent to which mm -hmm. having walking into store after store after store and finding out that they didn't have anything that fit me. Mm, yeah. I'd always known that bra, I hated bra shopping but I never realized how much it made me feel like I didn't fit and that I had internalized that message until I found this amazing bra that not only did it fit, but it was adorable. And, and, and you know what? That, happen that happens a lot. You don't know how much something is impacting you negatively, quite frankly, until it's fixed. Right. And then you think, wow, that was big. Right. I love this story. So that, that, yes. And, um, and as it turns out, and so I bought all these bras, um, and as it turns out, it, it worked out with the English guy. And so <laughs> that family are now, they're my in-laws and, and they, they know way too much about my bras. <laughs> we might as well just start off the relationship with lots of acceptance and belonging, but you know, I just want to pause for a minute because that story is beautiful in the fact that it is, it's funny, but it's, there's so much meaning in there. So, so you, Again, I always use the term stand tall in your story because I think it's what we as high achieving women need to really come come back to. You took the the guts and the gumption in a time when you really are trying to showcase your best self to do something courageous like go to the big bra store and then say to yourself, this is life changing. Like all of this is happening and to hear you tell it now, but I'm picturing being a young girl because you, you were what in your twenties, something ish, whatever. So, so you're standing there in a time in your life when maybe our securities aren't as high as they are today. And you're saying, I really like this guy. I'm on the other side of the world. I'm going to go to the big boob store. And then you have this mo like all of that is that's a big damn deal. I think for you to be courageous enough to own all of that in that, in the mix of it happening at the same time. It was certainly 
yeah, it was one of those moments where I really said, even in the moment, this is more important. I don't know where the relationship is going to go, but my relationship with myself is actually the most important thing. Gosh, if we didn't have more to talk about, that's a, that's a mic drop moment, but, but I've got more to talk about. That's big. That's big. So keep going. I've interrupted because I just wanted to highlight some of those things. So keep going. So that moment was the beginning of a very unexpected journey. And I started blogging about bras and fit and how we feel, how we feel as women. And the blog got picked up by uh, a lingerie um, trade magazine. And so then I was a columnist. And then uh, somebody said, you should really write a book, which had never occurred to me before. (laughs) And (laughs) so I ended up writing a book. um, What was the first book? Yeah. The first book was called Busted. And amazing. um, It was just, it was busted. The Fab Foundation's Guide to Bras that fit, flatter, and feel fantastic. And and there will be a link to that in the show notes. There'll be a link to the second book because the first book is no longer in print. And I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. There's a very, very deliberate reason. Okay. Um, And so, anyway, the book ended up being a bestseller, much to my shock and, and surprise. And, 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 you know, I was thrilled. So it turned into, I I ended up focusing the business on helping professional lingerie professionals, um, find, you know, help the people that they served find bras that fit. Um, so that's sort of where I, um, sorry, I'm, hold on one second. I'm really sorry. No, no worries. The other thing that we really love about the Badass Women's Council is life isn't perfect. And when things don't go perfectly, we don't get concerned about it. We just roll with it because that's who we are. Authentic. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, So so the book book ended up becoming a bestseller and then it evolved into this bra fit training and certification program that was aimed at lingerie professionals. Mm. I I really wanted to help all women mm-hmm. find the same grace and ease and, in their body that I had found in mind through finding bras that fit. And what I had found over the course of the years that I had been, you know, since my transformational moment was that almost every woman I talked to, and it didn't matter whether she was big boob like me or bitty busted or like me. almost every woman had gotten some story about her body or her breasts about, you know, they're too big, they're too small, they're too wide, they're too narrow, they're too high, they're too low. You know, some, you know, well-meaning or not so well-meaning person had told them a story and it had impacted the way they felt about their bodies. And I wanted to help all women. So I focused my business on, um, I focused my business on um, really making sure that professionals could find, um, could help the women that they were serving. So really you expanded that reach. So it's, so it's not just about reaching an individual like me shopping for a bra. You went to the source of bra providers, which 
from a business perspective is brilliant because now your reach has extended dramatically. Like that's right. a great business decision. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, and, and it ended up becoming this global thing. So I've now trained professionals on six continents and certified certified professionals on six continents in, in the art and science of bra fitting. And the only continent I'm missing is Antarctica. And to be honest, I'm not sure how many bras they sell in Antarctica. And it's really not a place you want to travel to. So I'd say just, just let that go. <laughs> right. Okay. So, this, this is big. L- l- let me just pause this again. You didn't grow up as a little girl, I'm guessing, saying, I can't wait for that big business break, pardon the pun there, where I can go help people get bras fitted across the world. Like that was not your childhood dream. No, no. Yet it has utilized so many of your gifts and talents, some that you didn't even know you had, like you should write a book. Oh, and by the way, now you have a best-selling book. And so being able to look at these opportunities as they come, even though they may not look like we thought things were going to look when we were planning out our careers, is really important. I think too often we think there's always a right and a wrong answer. And that's not always the case. When you follow the opportunities as they come, but you're still confident in your gifts and talents there can be an amazing path that you didn't even know to dream about, which is kind of where you ended up. Absolutely. And while bras were certainly never in my consideration set of a career path, I would say that I did want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And that was always something that did inspire me. And I've always been drawn to, you know, finding ways where people feel seen, heard, and valued. Mm-hmm. And how and, and that has always been really resonant with me. So there are definitely themes that w- that came with me um, that I didn't, you know, that have been a part of every aspect of my career. And I wouldn't have, you know, if you look at my resume, I've done lots of different things, but I always know that, you know, every step of the way, it's been a combination of you know, business and creative problem solving. It's been, you know, how do you make a difference? How do you help people feel seen, heard, and valued? Those are the themes that have always been really resonant for me. And it, it, I, I tie everything back to my boyfriend, Simon Sinek. We, for, we refer to him on the podcast as my boyfriend just because it makes me happy. He's a cutie. But it's all about why. You knew why that was important. It wasn't just about the bra fitting. You knew the power of what that felt like standing in that dressing room saying, oh my gosh, I belong. There's a place and, for me. Yeah. And, and that's actually, it, that's a great point because for me, it was always about the emotional connection. It was always about that moment. And while the the technique of bra fitting was obviously an important piece of it, to me, it was always about this bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And that is in many ways what became the foundation, no pun intended, of <laughs> my transition to what I'm doing today. Because a lot of times what would happen was my clients would come to me and having been certified in bra fitting and they would say, this is amazing. My customers are crying tears of joy in the fitting room. I am so happy with what I learned from you. Thank you. And I would say, that's amazing. Okay. So now 
what are you doing to make sure that you continue to foster that connection and that you build on it for loyalty so that these people, these women stay with you for life. And that's what's triggered this this next level of career where you're engaged wholeheartedly in the customer loyalty for any industry, not just profit, profiting. Right. Yes. And because a lot of times my clients would have no answer when I would ask those questions. You know, I'd say, so what are you, what are you going to do? And they would have, they would just sort of stare at me with their mouth open. It hadn't <laughs> occurred to them that doing something more than providing a good fitting, mm-hmm. that they, like, okay, I'm going to give really good fittings and I'm done. Woohoo. Peace out. Yeah. And it's not as easy as that. Yeah. And that's interesting because it, it, I was just on a coaching call with one of my clients this morning and she's trying to make a decision on a new opportunity. And I said to her, if you're, if you're playing your career in a way that you're using those gifts and talents, it's like breadcrumbs. You just keep following that breadcrumb trail of either opportunities or creating opportunities. It's, we like to think that there's just like these yes or no, check the box. I'm going to go do this or that. But really, it's about you, you took that experience with the emotional connection of the bra industry and then said, okay, how am I going to take this customer loyalty piece to everywhere? It's, it's another breadcrumb, right? And now it's another book and now it's another business and now it's another this. And, and so if you think about the way your career has played out. And for many of us as high achieving women, none of the stuff that you've done in the past was wasted. You know, your time in Hollywood, you're utilizing your time at the New York Times, your Wharton was hard and that's helping you in business. Like all of those things are breadcrumbs that take us closer and closer to our meaning and purpose when we're courageous enough to take the chance and capitalize on the opportunity. Absolutely. And it's interesting because I was a philosophy major as an undergrad. And oh, we didn't talk about that. That's a whole nother breadcrumb we haven't we haven't touched on. (laughs) And it's it's the kind of major that inspires people to um, make fun of you and say things like, (laughs) great, what are you going to do as a career? And you're going to be a philosophizer. (laughs) Oh, that's great. But the reality is philosophy is an incredible education. It helps you frame an argument in your mind and on paper. It helps you uh, tell a story. It helps you track how you want to think things through and, and whether or not things make sense. And that is helpful in business. It's been helpful in the, it was helpful in the storytelling that I did in Hollywood. Everything that I have done builds into the career that I have today, even the things that don't seem like they could possibly be worthwhile or, or, you know, something that, that would come through as a, as sort of a through line. Um, so yeah, I think that they're all breadcrumbs. Even the mistakes and the painful stuff, don't you think? Oh, I haven't made any mistakes. Oh yeah. Cause we've, we've <laughs> created opportunities out of the mistakes. That's what, that's what high achieving women do. But I even think about I went through a really awful divorce and it taught me so much about me and myself. I consider that one of my breadcrumbs. I, you know, I've done things in my career where I've made mistakes with clients that was still an opportunity to learn from. So I, I don't know. Do you feel that way? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, obviously I'm super kidding when I say that I haven't made any mistakes. I, know. I don't know anybody <laughs> who doesn't think that they've made lots of mistakes. But 
when I look back on my life, I think like you, I say, there are some twists and turns that I've taken on my journey that I might not choose if I had to do it over again. And those made my life more difficult, but they've also made me me. Mm-hmm. And I like me. I, I like, like you too. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I like, I like all the parts of me and, and including the rough edges. And um, if I had, if I just was a perfectly smooth, you know, whatever piece of glass that had just been, I'm not sure where this metaphor is going, but you get the idea. I yeah. mean, I think that the the things that make you interesting. There you go. That's that's where I was going to along the way. Yeah, yeah. It is the the challenging parts and the, the the messy parts that make it far more interesting. One of the episodes that we've had is was called "Start Messy," and several people said to me as soon as I saw that title, I couldn't wait to listen. I didn't even know what it was about because it almost just gave me permission to be in that messy part of my life that I'm in right now. I'm like, that's really where we all connect. The only thing we all have in common is our imperfection. And I don't know that I've ever gotten to a point where I feel like it is all working. I have got this. (laughs) There's always mess. (laughs) If that happens, I've either had a couple shots of tequila or I'm just purposefully allowing myself to be deranged to satisfy myself for the day. Like, yes, yes, and yes. And I think that's also something that is a marker of high achieving women. We're constantly looking for the next thing that, you know, we're, you know, on the day that I feel like I've got it all figured out, I'll be, you know, on to the next challenge and the next way to get, you know, better and have another goal. Yeah. And and it's important that we not become so frenetic in that seeking that we don't pause to reflect and enjoy the joy of this moment, even if it's a messy moment. And that was another conversation on my coaching call this morning was even in the stress of making this important career decision, I said to my client, love and have joy around the fact you have three really cool opportunities that you're considering right now. So it's not always about right and wrong. It's man, people want me like just sit in that joyful moment for a minute too. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes life takes you in places that you just never would have anticipated either you know, physically, like moving to like the heartland. Sitting in your house in Indianapolis right now. <laughs> yeah. Or um, professionally, like going, you know, becoming a bra lady. Um, you know, I, I never would have anticipated it. <laughs> and someone, when before I met you, and you, you, you've written about this, I've, I've read it, said to me, um, well, you know, the bra lady that um, our friend Jenny introduced us to, like she had this really cool business. I can't, but she was the bra lady, but she's doing this great customer loyalty thing now. But so it, it is, it's a part of your story, like it or not. There's the hashtag, she's the bra lady. And there was a time, there was a period of time when I, I thought about trying to bury that part. And mm. because I was afraid that it wouldn't be taken seriously in professional, you know, in corporate settings. And, and, you know, I don't just work with women. And and while I did have a lot of clients in the lingerie space for a long time, that's not the bulk of my clients today. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want that to feel weird or off-putting. 
that, oh my God, she's going to talk about bras or what have you. And first of all, it does make me me. It, it is a very unique story and, and I love it. And, and I feel, I, I still feel passionately about being able to help women look and feel their best in their bodies. And that's really powerful work. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to, you know, have a sense that I've helped help people do that around the world is, is pretty cool. And, and also it just is. And so, you know, I, why would I not embrace it? But it, but I had to go through that process consciously and sort of make the decision to continue to embrace it. Which is reflection, right? I I say people laugh at me now because I can almost tie all of these things back to reflection and connection. Always. You've been intentional. You've been intentional about that. You've been intentional about connecting here in Indianapolis. When we can just reflect on where we're at, where we want to go, and then be intentional about making those moves, great things happen. It's good stuff. Well, we're going to stop for today, but I have a couple other topics that I hope you'll come back again and be a guest because you've got more to your story that I think we can cover and add some real value. Anytime. This is great. Awesome. So what I'll do is I'll put in the show notes everything about your business. You have a uh, book that you're in the the worst part of right now, which I think is the editing stages, right? You're finishing up a, a book about customer loyalty, your second book about c- customer loyalty, right? First book about customer loyalty. Okay. So I wrote two books about bras. Um, and the, like I said, the first one isn't available anymore. So it's just the second one. Okay. Um, because in the first one, I said something that I came to no longer believe in. Oh, um, and so I just didn't want that to be part of my record anymore. So I, I, I wrote the second edition. That's funny. Um, I just edited a document off my website this morning for the same reasons. I'm like, that's not true anymore. Whoop, delete. So yeah. I love that. But we'll put links to all of your bio ways that people can get in touch with you if they, especially if they want to talk about ways to keep their customers engaged and to be loyal customers for life. You are the girl in Indianapolis and anywhere. Because you'll go anywhere to do that work, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks, Allie. So glad you were here. And I'm not coming down. Isn't she great? I have links to her book, Fit My Bras, How to Find Your Perfect Bra and Why It Matters in the show notes, and also a link to her website, Your Iconic Brand. She is passionate about helping you and your business build customer loyalty. I hope you'll book a conversation with her to see how she can help you. And her new book will be coming out in the fall of 2019, and we will absolutely get her back on the podcast to talk about that. Thanks so much. As always, we have two reflection questions for you today based on our episode. One is, do you know what your gifts and talents are? And I don't just mean like, "Mm, yeah, kind of. I mean, do you have a list of those that you can use intentionally? And if not, let's talk. I'd love to help you with that. And the second question is, are you using those? And what would it take for you to use those more intentionally? Thanks so much for being here, sharing this podcast and being a part of the community. Make it a great day. I'm not coming down. I never left it on the ground. I'm not coming down.